Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. Hello, my name is Ethan. I am an addict. I am powerless over my addiction, and my life is unmanageable. I wanted to share a concept that I'm still working on. I don't have this down, but it's a fascinating concept that I'm working on, and I find very um, enlivening and engaging and an important part of my recovery. And it comes in part from the serenity prayer. And I'll go ahead and, and talk about this here. Um, it says here in, in the serenity prayer and part of it, it says living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. That whole concept of living one day at a time. I'll give you a little bit of background. I have been going to meetings now for almost nine years and working the steps for nearly nine years. The first four years of my step work, I was really engaged. I had a sponsor. I was going to meetings. I was facilitating meetings from at my church group, really involved, you know, uh, text threads and, and reach out groups and things like that. And it was going, it was going really well. And I remember I would say, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm committed to the rest of my life for the rest of my life. You know what? As I look back, I had good intentions, but there was some pride there. It sounded so cool um, to say I'm, I'm here for the rest of my life. Um, there's a scripture that says, you know, he who loses his life shall find it. And he who seeks his life shall shall lose it in, in, in the Bible. And I used that. I was like, hey, I'm giving up my life. I'm in recovery. Now, you want to know what happened? Uh, life circumstances changed and I stopped going to meetings and I slowly stopped working the steps. I would, you know, I would sponsor here and there, but not with my, you know, not not a lot. I would take breaks of not really doing a lot of step work. I would do my step 10 inventory here and there. I kept doing my step 11. Um, that actually kept me kept me going, but I kind of stopped. My foot came off the accelerator, and I wasn't living one day at a time. I, you know, I'd made that commitment. I committed the rest of my life, but I wasn't I wasn't doing the steps. And it wasn't until about September, uh, so what was that, like eight or nine months ago, I started coming back in earnest um, to meetings. And then it kind of came here. You know, how long am I going to be here for? How long is this going to last? Last time I said I was committed for the rest of my life. I've abandoned that that mentality. I, today, here and now, I am committing myself to God. I'm committing myself to working the steps. I'm going to live one day at a time. Today, 
I am in recovery. Today, I'm working the steps. Today, I'm surrendering to God. And as, as the day unfolds, I'm striving to enjoy one moment at a time. I am not committing for the rest of my life. No, I am committing today. And then when tomorrow comes, I will commit to that day. One day at a time. That's the way I've got to do it. And for me, I've got to break it down sometimes moment to moment. Now, there's a scripture from, from the Bible, Matthew um, chapter 6, I believe, the last uh, verse there. And I'll just end with this. It says here, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So in my mind, that is in the Bible saying, live one day at a time, enjoy one moment at a time. And that's what I'm going to do. And it's worked for me since I've come back to recovery. I'm so grateful for these steps. They have changed my life. They have got me in contact with God. And I have a serenity, a peace, and a power in my life that I haven't had before. Thank you very much, and I'll pass. Rico 12 shares. Hi, everyone. My name is Trace, and I'm a compulsive eater and food addict and have been in these rooms for coming up to 18 months. And I remember when I first landed in the rooms of OA, thinking I just had this small problem with weight and food. And that's a really hard lie to believe when you weigh nearly 300 pounds and you're full of so much rage and self-hatred, you can barely breathe. But that's how I landed here. And I really just thought there, there had to be a magic fix or a quick fix or something that would take away the compulsion that I felt. And I came to meetings, I followed the advice of other fellows in the room, even though I really didn't believe. But what I loved is I just had to be willing to believe in something greater than myself. So I got a sponsor, I started working the steps and I kept hearing people talk about miracles in these rooms and it was just a word that didn't have any emotion to it for me because I just didn't think it was possible. And here I am nearly 18 months later and I'm one of those people that uses words like miracle. This program and the 12 steps have fundamentally changed how I sit in the world and how I react to the world. I I never thought that was possible. I really just was hoping to find a diet that worked. And I have lost now over 100 pounds. I'm at a healthy weight, which would normally be the thing that I celebrate. And this time it's not. That's just a byproduct of working the 12 steps. What the gift of the 12 steps is, is that I no longer just react to life. I don't feel a need to control everybody and everything. And when I can't control those things, burn my life to the ground because that's what my life was. It was just one catastrophe after another that was fueled by my own self-will. And what I'm learning and have learned in these rooms is I just have to be willing to follow the steps. I have to be willing to surrender. And I just have to be willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself. 
for me, that's the universe. It is not God in a traditional religious way. It is just the power of energy and the universe. And I had just never, ever thought of harnessing any of that to make life karma for me. It was always about universe. Please make this situation come out the way I want it to come out. And what this program has taught me, I know nothing, but my higher power, but my higher power does. This program has taught me that when I'm not sure what to do, stop, breathe and ask my higher power. My higher power is always there just waiting for me to seek that power. And I am so grateful for the 12 steps and a chance to live my life so differently to how I was living it. As always, so, so grateful for 12-step recovery. Rico 12 shares. Hi, my name is Parker and I am an addict. Tonight, I'm grateful to just share a bit about meditation and share some of my experience, strength, and hope um, around meditation. And, and the reason that I'm sharing this is because I've I've heard for years that meditation is important, that it's something that I should do as part of my recovery, but I've never known what that looks like or what I should do. So I wanted to share what I've learned in the last few months that has helped me to have a good practice of meditation. And here's what it is. Um, I start by taking about 10 minutes, um, at least five minutes, but 10 if I can get it. And I block out all distractions. So I'll, I'll put on noise canceling headphones if I need to, if there's noise going on. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that I'm in a place and in a position where I'm not going to be distracted so I don't have to think about anything else. Completely remove them. And then I'll focus on one object. For me, it works best if there's an object that I can see. It's a bit easier for me to focus on it. It might be an object in the room. If that's not working for me at the time, I'll also I can visualize it or I can think about it in my mind. Um, or it can be an idea. But for me, in my experience, focusing on a specific object is helpful. Could be anything. Could be your mailbox. Could be my... Um, a light in the room, could be a chair, whatever it is, focusing on one element. Sounds kind of strange, but that's, that's what works. And then knowing that ideas and other thoughts and distractions and to-dos are going to come in, that's part of it. And that's actually the critical part for me. The point is, is when I'm, when I'm in my meditation, I have to continue to draw the focus back. So as those ideas come up, what I do is I follow a four-step pattern. So I first acknowledge the distraction. I recognize that my mind wants to go there. I intentionally reject that. And finally, I return my focus back to whatever I'm thinking about. Let me give you an example. So first, if I'm focusing on, let's say, a chair in in the room, I'm just focusing on the chair. I am focusing on it. A distraction comes in of, I need to get a task done tonight. I need to do the dishes or I need to call somebody. I acknowledge that and say, yep, there's a thought there. I recognize it. Yep, my mind wants to go there. That's important. But I'm going to intentionally reject it for now. I'm going to put it to the side because right now I'm focusing back and I'm going to refocus back on the chair, back on the object that I'm focusing on. Here's the benefit that I get from that. 
is as I've done that, I um, it's like my training ground. It's like I'm prepping for game day because throughout the day, I'll have thoughts and I'll have pulls or triggers that if I'm not in practice, then it's easy for me to just follow them or, or it's hard for me to sort of reject those thoughts and triggers. But if I'm meditating and I'm intentionally practicing, shifting my focus in an environment that's really not that, you know, not as difficult as a trigger at least, but not really significant, I'm practicing it. I'm in practice mode. Doing that lets me have strength and confidence and in, in training so to redirecting my thoughts so that as those thoughts and triggers come up, I address them, I put them to the side, I refocus on whatever good thing I'm doing at the moment. So um, it's been been very beneficial to me. I hope it's helpful to others as well, and I will pass. Riga 12 shares. Hi, my name is Nira. And I am a recovered human being. I've been to many fellowships and it pretty quickly became apparent that I can be or become addicted to pretty much anything my humanity touches. So how did I stop? I found a power. I found a God. I found a spirit and a guide. I found a theory or a thought that I could place my life upon, hang my life on, invite into my life, in into my life, into my body, into my mind, and into my thinking, into me. And eventually it came to manifest itself in me and through me. I found myself something that I value as important. And in reality, that could be anything that's not me. Only that in my particular case, it couldn't be people either, or at least not specific persons. This outside of me, but still on the inside entity, started out as my cats. And then it became joy. And then it grew into some kind of light being that I still don't quite fully understand. And then I stumbled. And when I stumbled, I didn't really know what to do. I felt like I couldn't really reach for God. I found I couldn't really find that high power anymore. Because I lost the way to joy. So I then turned my thoughts to the words. Because I've been told that words are important. Words can be powerless. Powerless in a way. Because I've learned that I have to do a lot of work. I've had to take a lot of action. But the words, they can also be very powerful as I've come to experience. The words, they set the intent. They pry my expectations and my thoughts and my patterns. So if I fill myself up with love or joy... Like, I can freely choose from humility, honesty, integrity, restitution, kindliness, courage, faith, or whatever makes sense. If I filled myself up with spiritual principles, I've filled myself with spiritual principles. So if anything disturbs me, 
It is the principle of God that spills out. And that works. It is now time to close the Rico 12 Shares meeting. If you wish to share some of your recent experience, strength, and hope, or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a Rico 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. My name is Nikita, and I am an addict to many addictions. This is a prayer I have written. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever to the ages of ages. O Lord our God, cleanse us from every stain and save our souls. We pray to you, O good and loving one. Keep us in your shelter, protected within your holiness, that we may remember to reach for your grace and no longer live for our selfish ways but rather for you, our Heavenly Father and Benefactor. Our merciful God, we are thankful for this group of soul-searching addicts that under your gracious guidance gives nourishment to our hearts and thoughts. Please have mercy on us. Place your healing hands upon us and help us remove the pollution from our minds and fill our hearts with unconditional love for others. Burn away the thorns of our sins, cleanse our souls, sanctify our spirit, Strengthen our knees, our bones, and enlighten our senses to remove all our denials from our addiction. Help us, O Lord, to truly accept the meaning of powerlessness and help us acknowledge how our addictions has led to the unmanageabilities of our lives. Our Heavenly King, cultivate our minds and grant us courage for a firm conviction that your will governs all. Accept our prayers, pardon our every transgression, Place us in a place of light, a place of refreshment, a place of peace from which every ailment, sorrow, and grief are banished. And from the brilliance of your loving heart, bless us with patience, wisdom, and compassion for all your people, especially the people we have hurt due to our diseased minds and our ill actions. Deliver us, O Lord, from the vain thoughts that stain us and from our evil desires. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forever, until the ages of ages. Amen. Keep coming back. It works when you work it. So work it. You are worth it.